0: welcome back to the magic of the spheres podcast this is sabrina monarch and this is a show about spiritual lifestyle and personal evolution An evolutionary astrologer, a clairvoyant, and a thought leader, and I started this podcast to have eclectic and impactful conversations about astrology as well as all things spiritual and personal development. I was feeling this desire to get on the mic and record a podcast and do my original magic of the spheres kind of routine, like when I first started this podcast of making like a Damiana tea and getting into the the space to channel you know i feel like when i get on youtube and i'm making videos i feel like this um need and who knows maybe it's not even real maybe i could be as free to express in any way as i want but i feel the need to have a certain level of like erectness um and like solar energy when i'm on camera but when i record like it's nighttime, I'm drinking tea, I'm just talking to the mic. It's very lunar, like I feel like I'm speaking directly into the mystery. And this is something I actually really love about the podcast and about my my work in general is that it connects me with people. And sometimes I hear from you, you know, when you come to me to study with me or you sign up for a reading, you tell me that you've been listening to the podcast for years you know and that might be before we've even spoken so i trust that this urge that i've been feeling to come back on the mic and just talk to the mystery you know to to you i know you're tuning in but um why i do this and like why i publish things besides that i actually just like it you know like i'm a writer and i I like to express besides the fact that i like it i i really love the relationships that come from it my students clients connections that i make literally across the globe um it's amazing i love it and it requires me to trust in the mystery and actually just speak from the place of mystery um, which is what i want to do tonight and i was sitting down to write some notes about something that i've been thinking about lately with um, the Cancer Capricorn axis and I felt like I may as well just come on here share that share some updates and improvise and see where we go with it so this began I was you know I'm offering and I'm still teaching right now um, this workshop emergence that is really focused on the North Node in Aries, and the South Node in Libra, this current transit. And so as I was playing, my creative process was that I was really playing with Rahu and Aries. If you know anything about Rahu, you know, it's it's not just like a casual character to be communing with. I was having some really psychedelic experiences, like having dreams, that I felt like were distinctly guided and journeyed by Rahu and Aries and this energy was coming into my life where I felt like I was being dared to listen to my impulses and instincts and to kind of play with accelerating the gas pedal, you know, play with my just do it Aries energy, feeling into things that came to me and just listening to my instinct and impulse. and it would lead me on these different journeys, basically, where I was getting to know my spontaneity. The more I fed my spontaneity, the more inspiration I had in the moment available to me. So it was helping me kind of burn up some freeze places in my body or consciousness or places where I don't feel like I have any ideas or anything to do in a moment. Not that I always need that, but like It just kind of showed me that, yeah, if I if I feed this Aries impulsive energy, I'm gonna have more impulses, and so that was fun to just start to really wake up that fire in me. And I am an Aries Sun, you know, so it was like good solar, good solar stuff for me. But it really also showed me like this dynamic between Aries and Capricorn, and I do have you know Sun and Aries square Uranus Neptune and Capricorn. And so it actually took me to some some places, some transpersonal, like Uranus, Neptune, Capricorn places, where essentially if I played with my impulses and instincts, it would directly confront me with the part of my consciousness that's Capricornian or Saturnian that is like, oh no, don't go there. You can't do that. That's like against the rules of your paradigmatic consciousness. If you do that you're going to look like an idiot. If you do that, you might get rejected. If you do that, you might get hurt, right? So like this battle internally between um, excitement and like, let me try this. Let me touch the hot stove. And then the part of me that's like, whoa, like slow down, be cautious. And it took me to some really powerful places. Like on the one hand, it took me to this place of feeling victorious, of, like, overcoming some of my fears and resistances, Um, it also, I had some, like, crying on the floor kind of moments of just, like, oh, like, I feel so, so humbled, or, like, this is, you know, I feel like such an underdog, or, like, this is what I'm up against, you know, or just, like, really bringing me to these deep, raw emotions of, like wow i'm i'm scared or i see why i have been cautious in this particular area of my life this situation for years because this is what i'm up against right and it wasn't even usually an external situation or external feedback it was just all in my own being so i was tripping i was having a time you know and then inside of that i was getting to know the cardinal signs in my body in this way where it's like i really feel like the signs are you know every astrological archetype is infinite and it reveals new layers of itself as we're in relationship to them this is a spirit that i teach astrology inside of is like introducing you offering transmissions to introduce you to the archetypes but ultimately you're going to have your own relationship with them we're starting up the evolutionary astrology intensive Um, at the end of october the application is in the notes um, but excitingly the intensive is now part of a year-long program called diviner so it's still the same four-month intensive where you get the building blocks to be literate fluent and evolutionary soul-based astrology but then year-round there's new classes for alumni of the intensive people in the diviner container where we expand and practice what we learned in the intensive you know after the intensive i've been teaching it for like five years and i designed it at first to like give you this introduction to the world and then kind of send you off you know with your wings and you can fly and you can learn astrology like you're rooted you can continue to learn um long after the program's over it's like um it's like i i just am supporting you in getting that transmission Right. But then I started teaching advanced programs like Meteorite and just like going into these deep life transforming astrological salons, um, teaching, you know, advanced material to my alumni. And it just became apparent to me that, you know, it's time to have like longer term containers and support people in learning astrology um, in a longer term way that being said i love the intensive because it is this four month introduction to the language and you know it's very it's very designed to give you like a comprehensive opening and then and then we can play then we can just infinitely play from there so that's the spirit i'm offering diviner in but you know as i was saying it's like these archetypes continue to teach and move us and so i've thought about these archetypes thousands and thousands of times but this recent foray into playing with aries and rahu north Noden aries by listening to my impulses and letting myself act on them not just totally recklessly by the way right like um and i have done that before i have been reckless with my impulses in the past um You know, one specific, if you go back to the second episode of this podcast, that's basically that story. You know, that time I had a spiritual awakening and had a dream where the dream told me to speak all the time without filter and it would set me free. And I listened to the dream and spoke without filter for a month and it changed my life forever. Um, That level of putting on the gas pedal. And just not having inhibition is something that I would probably never do that purely and uninhibitedly again, because um, you know I hit I hit the wall I hit the Capricorn restrictions pretty hard in that experience, but you know it was a learning experience it was my my first time really giving it my all in that way, and what I've learned is actually tapping into the subtlety of like okay I'm gonna play up Aries. But it's going to have me feel all the other cardinal signs. It's going to teach me about the dance and the balance of Libra. It'll teach me about my insecurities and my you know, emotional needs in cancer. And it's going to teach me about my caution and my restrictions and my like long-term, long-game wisdom in Capricorn. So as I was playing this game of feeding my impulses more, and then meeting all the cardinal signs, it's like I was really experiencing the signs at this like deeper level, and it was really exciting and fun, and just having me deepen my practice over again, which is what you know what I'm about over here. But all this being said, this catapulted me into um, a really fresh connection to the Cancer Capricorn axis inside of all these cardinal these four cardinal signs and the specific thing that i was thinking about that i wanted to talk about in this episode was our relationship with our needs from a cancer perspective and then how we judge or facilitate or allow those needs in capricorn Right. So Cancer Capricorn are opposite signs. They're part of a spectrum and they're very parental. You know, like you have like the kind of like soft, nurturing cancer parental figure and the more boundary, discipline, potentially severe parental figure in Capricorn. And these are like different sides of maybe how we approach you know emergent you know with Aries it's like I want to do something and you don't know why you want it right and like are we going to come in with this like sure and like really support it or are we going to be like no that's not a good idea and kind of challenge it how else would I put this like our needs you know what our needs when I look at needs from the perspective of cancer and that archetype, I think about what an organism needs to thrive and to grow, right? So, like a seed will not sprout from its husk until the conditions are right. So, when the conditions of the soil are right and there's water, um, the seed is going to sprout, right? And then, if there's enough water and sunlight, the plant is going to grow. And if those needs are not attended to. If there's not enough water, if there's not sunlight, if the plant is like hidden in a closet instead of out in the light, then it's not going to be able to grow. So cancer is just like, what do we need to be able to grow? And what's interesting about this archetype is that there's something deeply instinctual and like there's a wisdom inside of it, right? If we think about our body's um, deep wisdom and understanding, and then also how distorted that wisdom can become um, or how disconnected we can become from it when we um, find things that we cope with instead of things that actually really truly feed and nourish us. So this was actually one of my big, big realizations in my spiritual awakening when I was younger was this sense that you know all the problems the so-called problems in my life were not like natural per se it wasn't just who I was they were results of not being nourished in particular ways like not knowing what I needed to be nourished and I just felt like that nourishment was actually really the answer right so like I was moving away say from this paradigm that I have a chemical imbalance in my brain that leads to me being depressed. Like I was just absolutely not, you know? Like maybe I was never, like I just didn't believe in that paradigm anymore. It's like there must be another way to be so nourished that I'm not depressed. Or now I would also balance it too with like depression can be um, part of the just natural process. Now when I get into depressive states and I go down into them. They're part of a cycle and there's a organic process that's happening, right? So I just started to think about like nourishment's actually really important. Needs and fulfilling those needs allow us to grow. And this becomes more, you know, it's simple in the image of a plant. But if you think about the complexity of the human, there's different needs that when we attend to them, our life kind of intuitively moves forward in a direction, right? So we can think about the instinct side with Aries and just like how connected are we to our animal instinct when it comes to nourishment um, and where have we fallen out of connection with that? But then when we bring it to Capricorn or this axis, the Cancer-Capricorn axis, Capricorn is going to in some sense judge the need um, from this perspective of am I going to put my energy and resources into this need? Am I going to back it? Am I going to support it? And am I, am I going to provide for this need? Or am I going to restrict, deprive, not back, block the need because it's wrong or shameful or not appropriate right it's like it can be this very natural gatekeeping where you know you don't you don't give a child dessert all the time whenever they want it because the child might you know want the dessert but you know better as that adult that you know it's not the most healthy or nourishing thing so even though they want dessert all the time you're not always going to be a yes right so there is a natural gatekeeping quality of the capricorn of just of the capricorn side of things of is this need appropriate but then you know the human complexity comes back in because where is it just our judgment that there's something wrong with the need right like i'm thinking about you know one example could be casual sex Right. And that there's a layer for the cancer of like the just the basic human organism, animal body need. It's like I need physical touch and intimacy. And then Capricorn judging like, well, what is casual sex? Like, is it, you know, am I trying to create marriage and I'm only having sex under these certain circumstances and I feel like bad or it means something about me or you know I should be you know whatever like there's all these different ways that this judgment can come in and create some some slow like some slowing of the role of addressing that need right or it could be a need for just like socializing and going out and just having carefree time with friends and then the judgment of the Capricorn side might be like We need to be working, we need to be producing, or in whatever mechanism that it is going to somehow deny the validity of that need for carefree social time. Now, Capricorn isn't always like a wet blanket or a party pooper here. Like, Capricorn might actually super back and facilitate the need. I, you know, really see this in people with strong Capricorn energy. Like sometimes if I'm say at like an event or like a friend vacation or something and the person with the Capricorn signature like brings in this like very much they're providing and they're facilitating, you know, I would love to go on a fun vacation with a Capricorn. Like they really plan and like support the energy that wants to come through. That is if they, they back it, right? And so... I hope, you know, I didn't really specify, but I hope you can tell that I'm not just talking about people. I'm talking about energetics of the Cancer-Capricorn axis. And so what I was thinking about, like in another way to word it, is that our relationship with needs, we can get behind and back our needs, right? So this also shows up. Another example could be when you need to advocate for your own desires feelings wishes in a relationship and if you have that voice that minimizes that you know i was watching this kind of like (laughs) i i watch netflix i go in and out i'm like a little bit sheepish about it it's funny i have like these times where i just use netflix to relax and then other times where i'm like studying by night and making things by night and you know having the will to just like be on you know and not not wanting to use Netflix as a collapse pattern that being said I love I love the storytelling and whatnot but there was this scene that I was watching um and two of the characters were like getting intimate and the woman you know she's been in this relationship with this man for like a few decades or something but she's just starting to say things that she hasn't been and he's kissing her neck and she's like uh, I actually don't really like it when you kiss my neck he's like wait up like I've been kissing your neck for all these years you never told me and she's like well I didn't want to be a buzzkill and It's interesting because I saw that scene where I've already been mulling about these thoughts and just thinking about how, you know, the people pleasing side of Libra versus the assertiveness of Aries, but also thinking about this in terms of all of the cardinal signs and just like a need or a desire and just where we have like actual shame for some reason whenever it comes to wanting or needing to advocate for ourselves in a situation like there's a a voice that comes in that kind of tries to tone it down or just kind of grin and bear it um, or not be a problem and that can be you know part of this Capricorn archetype and relationship with needs is just to choose deprivation out of a strategy that it somehow makes us more respectable That we're invulnerable right like we don't have to be taken care of we can just take care of we can be the provider we've got it covered i'm not even going to let you know that i have a need but also this internal um judgment however it manifests right whatever the paradigm or belief system is that makes the the lunar fleshy animal need a problem And that being said, I mean, I think it can get wonky in the sense that sometimes because of the disconnect from the instinct or the way that we kind of have to find our way back home to this like really integral connection to our body, that sometimes we do develop these like addictive or unhealthy patterns that feel like needs. And so we don't just... um, eat a ton of junk food to the point of feeling sick to our stomachs because we wanted it like we might you know at some point feel like i need to curb this like i can't just eat whatever i want or you know having these like a string of like unsatisfying sexual connections and being like i can't just keep feeding this hungry ghost like maybe i should take a step back right so there's times where we actually do use restriction or the kind of deprivation or the no the boundary of Capricorn because something isn't isn't quite right you know so figuring out that balance i mean i think is what this axis is really trying to do but as i've been feeling it in these more subtle and subtle layers there's this really profound softening that comes from being able to feel a need, a desire, something just so animal or human to actually support it and then to watch the softening or opening come through. Um, I had my own kind of experiences with this recently of just not even clearly realizing that I was feeling a need but actually just kind of you know it's kind of infantile actually like this is what aries and cancer like aries is the baby in some sense it's the fresh like birth experience and so sometimes we have a need and we don't even understand it right we're just like in that infant state crying out and you know later in life that can just look like being uncomfortable agitated wanting something feeling in turmoil not being sure how to like even soothe or like what it is I want exactly, but I know I'm upset. I know I need something. What's going on? And just being in this state of like, I don't know what to do, you know, or like I'm so like I'm, I'm on my edge kind of thing. And so inside of that, starting to get the clarity of, oh, it's just a need. And also I was talking it out with a friend. So bringing in that Libra kind of counseling element And the friend reflects back to me, you know, your need here isn't so terrible. Like, you're making it seem like it's wrong. Why are you shaming it? Like, why don't you just go have it? And then letting myself be fed in that way and then feeling amazing after, right? And also feeling um, not this kind of shame hangover after of like, oh, I did something wrong, but actually just feeling the rightness of of having a need and allowing it to be. It's a winding journey, you know? Like I've had many iterations of this kind of dynamic play out, but it was just in the last few days that I felt this subtlety and the simplicity of it of how much the Cancer-Capricorn axis, or really all the cardinals, but if we boil it down to the Cancer-Capricorn of just what it means to be a developing creature, Right, like we're always having like whatever stage of development we're in has different needs, right? Different relevant things for whatever development. Even if we're like on the way to death and we're like in the death portal, even that has its own set of needs that could be caretaken, right? Like if someone is is going through the process where they're getting to die with some intention, right? Like maybe an illness or you know, it's kind of like on the horizon and it's known that that's what's happening. The kind of ways that there's an attendance to um the death plans or the will, or speaking to loved ones and saying things that need to be said or, you know, getting to choose like who comes to attend to your deathbed or these kind of end of life wishes, like, Even that is a developmental thing that can be fed, right? Being a teenager has its own set of developmental agendas that are like, you know, can be supported and facilitated. Um, So stages of life, but also different, you know, creative phases, for example. Like if you're just beginning a project versus if you're in the middle um, or you're in the completion, different phases of development. Right. So anything that, you know, entrepreneurs, um, I had a student shout out to Emma Dansack. um, But Emma brought to my attention that there's like statistically a lot of um, cancer, sun sign, like millionaires or billionaires. And Emma was saying something about how you know this makes sense because cancer has such an intuitive understanding of what things need to develop right like there's um an entrepreneur amanda bucci who's a cancer son who um i feel like the way that she talks about like the intuitive like way to run a business and how to be emotionally and holistically connected to business it's like the cancer archetype really can have that understanding of what something needs to thrive like how do we feed and nourish something into thriving and that this then is paired with this more cautious archetype Capricorn that's concerned with things being in integrity and being correct and Capricorn is always allied with some kind of paradigm Right. Like Capricorn can be the ideas that we've inherited from our culture, from our family, um, our own kind of personal set of successes and failures that have helped condition our understanding of what's effective and what is ineffective. And some of these Capricorn ideas can get very set in stone or sometimes they're unconscious. And it's also the kind of psychological gatekeeper mechanism. You know, the part of us that maintains certain standards or certain control patterns in order to keep us safe. It's like the security guard of our consciousness. And that the Cancer-Capricorn axis is like getting those in, in line with each other. So that you, you know, you have your security guard... Um, the security figures in your consciousness like actually protecting and not overprotecting in this way where they're actually blocking you from the nutrients that you need um, and that inner process is like a really big personal development thing inside of um, inside of a person's consciousness or psyche like one of the... Um, The ways to conceptualize it you know bill plotkin talks about this in one of his books that i'm forgetting the title of but this idea of the loyal soldier which was essentially um that these soldiers during a war um ended up on some island and they were disconnected from like the radio and all of humanity and they were there for many years and for all they knew the war was still happening Um, But the war ended, you know, within a year or two, but they're on this island for much longer than that. And eventually they're rescued, but they, they they're still vigilant when they saw these other humans, because they assumed, you know, for all they knew, the war was still happening. And so all those years, they were still on guard because they hadn't actually gotten the intel that the war or the original threat that they were designed to be participating and protecting um, was over. So there can be this process of basically reassigning your gatekeeper, soldier, security guard, inner parts, um, and giving them new jobs, you know, thanking them for their service and giving them new jobs when they've become, you know, just super attached to the role that they play and they continue to play it even to your detriment. So that of course is going to ping us to the libra square to the cancer capricorn opposition because libra would be definitely helpful for those types of negotiations right you don't just reassign your inner security guards and gatekeepers without some level of negotiation they don't they're you know they're tougher than that and so there is a negotiation process really that happens with that so that's what i've been thinking about along the cancer capricorn axis really at the end of the day it was just this simple kind of clarity of you know i'm i feel like my psyche is reorganizing in this process it really i mean it always is because i'm always tapped into these like um the adventure of life and my personal development things and all of that lifelong learner all of that you know but also just starting to commune with the North Node and Aries and really get all these lessons and teachings from it um, that's kind of what, what initiated this I'm trying to think though since I'm already on the mic only just had like a few sips of this Damiana tea I could definitely stand to have some more if there's anything else that I want to share with you I think actually um, what I was thinking about was just like some general updates and, you know, like personal or professional. You know, sitting down tonight with the intention to just record, I was thinking about how I go through these different cycles in relationship to creativity and to sharing. And that lately, one of my, like a lot of my focus and energy has actually just been on my people, you know, like students that are in my containers, teaching, um, engaging students directly like talking to you all on the, the platforms or digital platforms or my direct client work and that like that's that's been where it's at for me um, I think I'm in this phase of like I've learned so much in the last few years and I've really been integrating that back into my teaching and my client work And I also went through this thing where I was noticing that I was starting to get these thoughts of like there's so much on social media or there's so many podcasts and just starting to like follow this thread of thinking that it didn't matter to like add my voice anymore. Maybe one of my own gatekeepers or something because that's one of the ways that gatekeepers operate. And that there's a part of me that's gotten shy about podcasting shy about my voice because my voice has changed um maybe you know as I've been sharing this podcast I don't think my voice sounds that different but I've had a lot of like internal shifts and it's at times been disorienting to try to to create things from a place of so much being shifty But I think also it's been opening doors around um, being able to improvise more. I think a lot of my creativity, even though I would speak and improvise in the past, that um, I used to like write a lot more. Like for the forecasts and whatnot, I would like write about every single transit. And now I'm in this space of preferring to improvise and it feels really freeing, but also. Um, I get shy about it. So I was just tracking like a certain shyness that I had. And yet sometimes I see you for readings and you tell me that you love the podcast or like people, um, someone came up to me at the grocery store. It's like, are you Sabrina? And like told me that the podcast makes a difference. So it was like really sweet. And so I just remembered that, you know, I can get out of my own way and share But I just wanted to name that because I think sometimes it gets weird to like hold a process in and just like never touch it. And I think I had a significant process of feeling shy about my voice in a way that was like, um, not something that I've felt for a while. And I think also at the beginning of my sharing, my creative life, I did use a lot of, um, Like I'd put the Capricorn first in some sense of like my discipline and like, I wouldn't say fake it till I make it kind of thing, but I just didn't give a lot of space to my insecurities because uh, I felt like I would drown in them if I did that. So I would just kind of like be bold and put myself out there and just do it kind of thing. And I think that as I've been like opening back up to those parts of my process and places where I am scared or where I am insecure... Maybe that's also slowed me down a little bit, but not in a bad way. I think it's actually been really integrative and important to relate to those parts and to, you know, it's actually exhausting to like only interact with life from a place of capable, I can do it and I don't have any problems or vulnerabilities. Like, that's not sustainable at all. So don't regret (laughs) this retrieval work. But, anyways, so yeah, I was starting to feel shy. but tonight I really had the impulse of like it's time to break the seal of this spaciousness I feel like that I've been uh, that I've created spaciousness isn't the right word this distance that I've created from just like getting on the mic and talking you know or the part of me that's like I have to make everything I make on three platforms at once it has to be a YouTube video and a podcast episode and a written transcript and it's like I I can't that's so stressful Like, I just need to be able to do things and not worry about it. Um, What else? And then side, you know, another point entirely is that um, my evolutionary astrology intensive is beginning again. And I'm really in this spot of just like, as I was saying that like teaching and client work is just like where it's at for me. And I was like getting so focused on that. Or just, like, that and kind of, like, my embodiment and daily life and, and everything that I've taken a little bit of step back from podcasting or, like, content creation and then was remembering, like, oh, yeah, like, content creation is basically throwing out, like, a signal to the invisible and, like, those of you that I haven't, you know, talked to or connected with, like, one-to-one yet, like, I, I make this to talk to you and to invite you into the world And the world that I'm inviting you into is that of having your own connection to astrology, your own intuitive, felt, personal relationship with the cosmos. And this is the world that I live in, that I've been living in every day. And I create spaces to, you know, offer that transmission and the structure and the guidance the site, the community to support you in not just learning astrology in a way where you are technically sufficient and you know all the meanings, right? Like we do cover, like this is, this is the structure of the course, but what I'm pointing you toward is your own very mystical relationship to astrology, where you map the archetypes to your own perceptions, your own lived experience so that the language really becomes something that is very personal to you. And then once you have that relationship with the craft, then the craft will guide you forever onward, right? Like once you see the archetypes, you see them everywhere. And this is why like I'm constantly having these like psychedelic experiences of having these conversations with archetypes in the universe. It's why I enjoy every film that I ever see is because it's not just the story. It's not just the actors. It's like the archetypal realm is so loud through art and through film that I'm always being schooled by the archetypes that are singing through the material of this life. You know, it's being able to see the synchronicities. It's being able to feel the pulse of wisdom in all the conversations that i have in a day Um, professional or just out in the world or with friends it's like my life is full of archetypal richness and it's always informing my astrology practice and my astrology practice is always informing the vividness of my life right and so when you when you find a way that you can intuitively understand the system of astrology and feel it in connection to you at all times, it's it's a really profound animist world that you get to step into, um, and it's something that I feel is actually so worth having, you know, a support or like a companion around, which is why I really value um, as a teacher talking and dialoguing with my students um, and being in a communal learning space where you know your perceptions and your experiences are part of your learning journey Um, so what else should i tell you about diviner so i would really encourage you if you're you know one of the people that can you can hear my transmissions you know you're you feel the energy of them You feel what I'm communicating to you, right? I do speak in code. Like there's definitely people that tune in and like do not know what the fuck I'm talking about. But if you listen and you resonate, um, I would really invite you to come study astrology with me. It's my pleasure to share astrology with you, to invite you into your own literacy um, and to, to walk alongside you to guide you into a deeper relationship with astrology. And I want to say, like, you know, sometimes people come to study astrology because they want to be a professional and they want to share it with others. Sometimes people come for their own journey. I would say, like, I don't really call people in to study with me for any particular track or goal besides learning the language of astrology. That language will guide you, right? It will be something that you also synthesize with whatever it is that you're, whatever path your life is taking you. So I love having, you know, budding astrologers come to me. I love like people who are already deep practitioners who maybe study another tradition or just want to like come study with me. Like I love advanced people in my courses, um, people that are just you know getting obsessed with astrology and they have the bug and they don't know why like I love having them too so we gather you know the eclectic nature of like we share this love of astrology but we actually come from these like different paths but we've all felt the transmission and felt the call like it it does gather a really amazing group of people So I'm calling you to come study with me. You can apply through the link in the notes to Diviner and Diviner houses the Evolutionary Astrology Intensive. When the Evolutionary Astrology Intensive is running, that is when you are invited to join Diviner. But Diviner is a year-long experience with classes, new classes year-round. If you are an alumni of the Intensive already, you can join Diviner now anytime you want. If you're a new student to me, there's certain times of year where the um, opportunity to study with me opens, and it currently is open. We begin late October. The link to enroll, to apply, is in the notes. And I'm going to end this here. Thank you for spending this evening with me, speaking out to the mystery through the mic with my Damiana tea. And... I sincerely thank you for tuning into this podcast and for being part of this magical community with me.